Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Messy Closet. Happy Friday. We made it through the week, and thank you to everyone who has given a listen this week. And of course, my shout out to Podbean for distributing it to everyone everywhere. So happy with this app, so happy with their service. And today, I am talking about the year 1973. This is three years before my time. 50 years ago, but a significant time for my particular family, whereas my parents were engaged and planning their wedding in 1973 to get married in late 1974, to which I was born in early 1976. So besides seeing pictures of my parents, my dad with big hair and a big mustache and a big bow tie in a suit, there's kind of a famous picture, we call it, of my parents and all of their closest friends. Melinda's parents are in it as well. And it's like a New Year's Eve party and it's black and white photo, but they're all dressed up fancy with the mutton chops and the whole deal, the leisure suits, the gorgeous 70s glam dresses. And that was probably taken in 1973 or so when everyone was engaged and married and starting the families that gave you my Gen Xers. So I do know that in the Bronx, there was a club where my parents and all of their friends used to hang out called the Joker's Wild. And all of the stories that they told us from the 70s before we were born took place at this spot, the Joker's Wild in the Bronx, New York. So with that, I'm gonna do a deep dive into the biggest news, what the cost of living was in 1973 and the music and movies that still carry over today. So let's get going. In 1973, Richard Nixon was president, and of course, he famously resigned on August 8th, 1974. But within that time, in 73, the United States ended its involvement in the Vietnam War after signing the Paris Peace Accords. OPEC oil increased by 200%. And Secretariat became the first horse since Citation in 1948 to win the Triple Crown. Secretariat, also known as Big Red, was born March 30th, 1970 and passed October 4th, 1989. An American thoroughbred racehorse who is the ninth winner of the American Triple Crown setting and still holding the fastest time record in all three races. And on a side note, Secretariat was housed and homed in Ulster County, New York, in this beautiful green and white huge state. And where he was housed is now an organic vegetable and farm stand. So it's a new piece of history. It's been reused. It's a beautiful area. And I'm very sure that the horse lived out many, many happy years. So that's my little side note about Secretariat. Just because I happen to live in the area and I wouldn't have known it if not for that. So Secretariat 
lived in Ulster County in New York State after winning the Triple Crown. 1973 also gave us the Alaska Oil Pipeline Bill, so that was passed allowing the construction of the pipeline access from the north slope of Alaska. We still don't use all of our oil. The Supreme Court of the United States ruled on Roe versus Wade, and now here we were, 2022, fighting about it again. Amazing that this happened 50 years ago in 1973 and a three-day week put in place by the UK. I'm not actually sure what that means, but that is a big world event. The Sydney Opera House has opened fully. It was complete. And the UK inflation rate running at 8.4%, while the US was still at 6.16%. So inflation had a huge impact on lives around the world in the US and the UK. And this was the price of gas, food, bills, which in turn caused higher wages and spirals and restrictions of oil and there were countries that were not allowing oil in because of supporting Israel and Yom Kippur. This was known as the Yom Kippur War and the start of the recession in Europe and that caused unemployment. Oh, and that was the three-day week in the UK, meaning you were only working three days a week. Meanwhile, in the US, these Two important cases, Roe v. Wade, which was the abortion rights and the constitutional right, and of course, the Watergate hearings for Nixon. This is pretty incredible. The 70s was a very, very tumultuous, tumultuous decade. Lots of things happened, especially in the early 70s, coming off of the late 60s. So the yearly inflation rate then was 6.16% in the US and 8.4% in the UK. And this is when the average cost of a new house was $32,500. But the average income per year was $12,900. And the monthly rent was $175. The cost of a gallon of gas was 40 cents. The year-end closed Dow Jones Industrial Average, $8.50. A dozen eggs cost 45 cents, and a Ford Galaxy 500 cost $3,883. A pound of roast pork cost 59 cents a pound, and Morton's TV dinners were 36 cents a piece. Walkie-talkie sets, which were huge in the 70s, I do know that, were $13.88 per set, and a dozen eggs was 25 cents. Eight-track stereo players cost $44.50, and a crock-pot cooker cost $17.79, and a pair of men's slacks were $23.49. But you could get a mod wall clock for $150. Oh, my goodness. And in the UK, the average price of a house was 9,942 pounds and 35 cents per gallon of petrol. Amazing. Now remember, being in the middle of the Watergate trial, Vice President Spiro Agnew 
resigned under Richard Nixon in October of 1973. He had been dealing with the charges of tax evasions and receiving bribes prior to his resignation. As he left office, he pleaded no contest to criminal charges and was fined and given probation. He was replaced by Gerald Ford, who less than a year later would become president after Nixon resigned. And Spiro Agnew was the second U.S. vice president to resign, but the first for criminal reasons. And I think some of the former administration could have taken a few tips from the Nixon administration on the right thing to do with resigning, just bringing it into some current history and my opinion of U.S. politics. Well, Al Pacino was just killing it in 1973. He made the list yesterday with Scarface in 1983, but 10 years prior, he was Serpico. Also, the third girl from the left, Lady Ice, Time to Run, Save the Tiger, Two Men in Town, Magnum Force starring Clint Eastwood, Cinderella Liberty, The Dawn is Dead, Scarecrow, another Al Pacino movie starring Gene Hackman, also, Lolly Madonna, Mean Streets, The Stone Killer, Badge 737, The Long Goodbye, Electra Glide, Dillinger, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, The Outfit, Incident on the Dark Street, starring William Shatner, Breezy, The Sting, Paper Moon, and The Mad Bomber, and there were so many others. There was some sci-fi, Fantastic Planet, Dark Places, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, The Messiah of Evil. So the 1970s gave us a lot of really great horror movies. And like I said, this year is three years before my time. But to me, it's interesting to see that the rents were even cheaper than I thought they were back in the 70s. And just talking about like the clothing I mentioned, you know, my parents wearing like the 70s leisure suits and glam. There was a time in the 90s, about the mid 90s, where they tried to bring back a lot of the crochet, macrame 70s style, but none of the 70s glam, just more of the uh, 70s relaxed style. And I think the glam would have done more. Michael Kors had come out with a 70s sort of a, a glam he had a line a few years back and I fell in love with this pair of platform shoes but anyway let's get to music because music is universal and in the 70s I know my parents had the eight tracks there was one in the car and there was one in the house the one in the house I think was only the Christmas music or maybe the Italian music um maybe some disco too because the rest was just records but The top 25 songs in 1973, number one, was Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree, Tony Orlando and Dawn. Good song. Bad Bad Leroy Brown, Jim Croce. Everyone still loves that song. 
Killing me softly with his song, Roberta Flack. There is not anyone today that does not know and love that song. And there was just something about her voice in that song that just you wanted to sing it just like her and you just couldn't because you're not Roberta Flack. Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. Still popular today, I could tell you that. My Love, Paul McCartney and Wings. Why Me, Chris Christopherson. Crocodile Rock by Elton John. I love that song. It's so great. Will It Go Round in Circles by Billy Preston. You're So Vain by Carly Simon. Of course, still popular today. Such a classic. Touch Me in the Morning by Diana Ross. The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia by Vicki Lawrence. I remember watching her perform this for some, some like, it might have been a charity, it might have been a telethon, or it might have just been a recording of her singing it, because in the 80s, if we did get a glimpse of any sort of, like, music videos, you know, any sort of recorded singing in the 70s or the 60s, we were blown away because we just assumed that MTV made up all of the videos and there had nothing had existed before then. They just brought it to life and I wish that they would get back to it. So the number 12 song in 1973 was Playground in My Mind by Clint Holmes, Brother Louie by Stories, Delta Dawn by Helen Reddy, Me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul, Frankenstein, The Edgar Winter Group, Drift Away by Dobie Gray, Little Willie by Sweet, You Are the Sunshine of My Life by Stevie Wonder, Half Breed by Cher, That Lady by the Isley Brothers, Pillow Talk by Sylvia Robinson, We're an American Band, Grand Funk Railroad, Right Place, Wrong Time, Dr. John, and Wildflower by Skylark. And if you want to check out the rest, go to billboard.com and we can actually go through all of these because there's some other great ones on there. But I only know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I only know 12. I know about half, 12 or 13 of these top. 25 off the top of my head that I can recognize. So I don't know if anybody, any other Gen Xer out there can recognize these. Maybe you guys born uh, later in the 60s, earlier in the 70s might remember more of these songs, but these were a few years before my time and I do find it interesting. And I want to go through all of them because why not? Why not talk about these musicians? Why not talk about the art that they've given us? So I don't really have much else to say about 1973 except for what it's given me because I was not here. But I do know that that was a pivotal point in my parents' relationship and with all of their friends because everyone was planning their lives and gave birth to these Gen Xers. And here I am talking about the spiritual journey. And part of the spiritual journey is the major inflation we have seen in the last 50 years. Just amazing. And just the changes in politics, geopolitical views, just our our 
outlook on life, who's more traditional and conservative, who's more liberal and progressive, who's far right, who's far left, who's woke, who's out there. Was it like this in the 70s? Yes, because it was a bit tumultuous. And I feel like 50 years later, we're kind of replaying the same things within our own government, not to a T, but close enough, pretty strange. History does repeat itself. And that is why it is important to put it out there. No matter how big or small you think the historical event might be, there is some significance to it somewhere. And that is what talking about 1973 has given me in this part of the spiritual journey. So with that, I say thank you to everyone who has tuned in today. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll catch you guys on Monday with a brand new episode. Thanks for tuning into Messy Closet and don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.